you can now introduce yourself here on Blink Radio 94.5, reminiscing about our lives on the Donut Gallery as its days are coming to an end. Mind you, it's uh, part of my emotional fabric here in Kibis Game. So, Mia, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Manny. I'm happy to be here. It's pretty cool. Uh, have you been on the radio before? No, and this was an ambush. Woo! Just interview. the way, in a blink, you're on a radio star. Yeah, no, I came to interview you, and then you said this is going to be a double interview because you're going to be filmed and recorded as you interview me. Yes! Okay. So fire fire away! Okay, let's do it. Manny, how long have you been living on Key Biscayne? I first came uh, on a vacation in the summer of 75. Uh, uh, my parents rented the house for the summer on South Master Drive. I thought it was really cool. I, I was born in Westchester, Florida, so I'm from Westchester. And uh, the owner of the house, was name was Mr. Nutt. And we thought it was really cool. Wow, this is a hell of a vacation. Mr. Nutt rented us his house. Well, we fell in love with the house. I think my father uh, wanted it really bad, wanted to buy it. And it was part of a beautiful story that a lot of people know about me as I told it after my the passing of my parents. My father vo- promised my mother in 1957, sitting on the bridge on vacation, on the very bear-cut bridge, she meets my dad, who I think was stalking her, quite frankly. Uh, he just shows up on the bottom of the bridge and says, if you marry me, I'll promise you this view. She goes, sir, I don't know who you are. This is all in Spanish, of course. And apparently he knew something about her back in Cuba. She was on vacation here with her dad. And lo and behold, they, he finds her in Cuba in 58, marries her in late 58. The revolution already began. And she told me many moons later, she goes, Mira, no espera que tu padre me va a explicar eso. Don't expect your dad to tell you these stories. But I would have never married him if it wasn't for the revolution. Oh, my God. And I married this young, this young handsome guy. My mom was probably the... First, she's going to not like this from heaven, but mom, I've always told you, you're the first cougar because my dad was six years younger than her. And that was really cool. You know, my father was a real handsome Ricky Ricardo looking guy with sideburns, Elvis Presley hair, you know, black, black, black hair. And uh, guess what? In 1975, he, he kept due his promise. We moved from Westchester and he bought a house in South Masha, five houses down from Mr. Nutt's house which is where I lived up until 2021 when my mom finally passed away from Alzheimer's. So I've been a master boy my entire existence in Key Biscayne, with the exception of these last years that I've lived on the condo side. And uh, it's a beautiful story you can see on YouTube. And But throughout this whole process, uh, to be actual dream the little dream, like Walt Disney used to say, my parents actually did it. My father who I tell that story in the window of the hardware store. Uh, you can you can read about it right there in the window. I, I put it there, and for that reason, was was these view was this story, and it went on and on and on, and uh, and I just couldn't believe it. my father really lived the, the little dream. He promised a view, untangling a fishing pole. I guess it was enough time to convince my mom to get more information from her. La muela is what it's called. And my mom's a blue-eyed, you know, southern Spain descendant in Sevillana. And my dad was, you know, a Moorish 
Spaniard, dark, Muslim-looking Cuban kid. <laughs> and, man, he found out where she worked. She worked for the Royal Bank of Canada. And that's the story. But after that, growing up here was like, I don't know, it's my version of growing up Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, you know. I was running around barefoot like most of my friends. Well, you know, hot pavement wasn't even a consideration. We didn't even feel it. We just didn't feel it, period. And uh, I have some friends of mine that are really, you know, really impressive, you know, skin divers, snorkelers, scuba divers, uh, fishermen, spear fishermen. I could never match their talent in just in their ability to stay underwater as long as, as long as I was never like that. But man, I did a lot of a lot of tropical fish hunting. So we would go and dive. Started off in the jetties there in front of the beach club. People don't know that underneath all that sand are jetties sticking out, concrete columns that were to gather or slow down the erosion for the Key Biscayne Hotel who had built the villas on the seawall. So there was a seawall, w- much taller than you, a seawall, probably 15 feet seawall, and it had been eroded down to those 15 feet. So the walls would crash up against that seawall and ricochet you while you're snorkeling at the jetties, trying to get these little tiny Bo Gregory's, they were called. Occasionally, you were blessed with a, a juvenile, juvenile queen angel. And me and the long um, Benji Zombrano became friends. We did the jetties. And we had another friend who passed away. Uh, rest in peace, Carlos Diaz Albertini. The three of us, every day after school, snorkeling at the jetties and it wasn't like a deep snorkel my god you're standing there but you still had to stick your head down and snorkel in order to wait for that uh, little juvenile queen angel to come out of a, a a little hole in the jetty which is really a slot in the jetty and man that would take days sometimes you know sometimes you're just you're in school elementary school and you're just like just thinking of this little queen angel you're going to get today and uh, that's how I lived I mean how can I like, I matched that growing up. It's just really cool. And then I lived on the ocean on top of that. So the same thing would occur off the seawall, up and down my seawall, for the same two fish, the Bo Gregory, who was super fast, it's a damsel, and the Queen Angel, who's very feminine looking in the way she swims, like in a little swirl. And believe me, the crown's already on her forehead. It's uh, really impressive. And uh, imagine what a contrast from Westchester that was. Yeah, and, and you and... and you Me and Benji were, were very close friends, man. We we stayed close until basically he left the island. Yeah. Grew up with him, and we went through, you know, puberty together, teenagers, uh, 20 years old, and, of course, the donut gallery. I don't think I've ever had anything other than the Ted special in these 40-something years at the, at the donut gallery. I've never, I can't really see myself ordering anything else. I've never ordered anything else. I'm pretty positive about that. Um, and they know that when you walk in. Oh no, they just walk in. There's a video on YouTube that I've, you know, put up since then, uh, of me coming in. Uh, combo, Ted special, three eggs on the bed. It's a Ted on the bed, which is Ted created a man named Ted created a Ted, but I created a Ted on the bed, which is get rid of the English muffin and put it on potatoes. Back then, the bed of potatoes was dice dice potatoes. And at Paprika. And old man Benj and I were like, we were buddies. You know, I was one of those guys who was really interested in, in his story because it's very similar to my father, you know, the Cuban immigrant story. So Ben and I were always uh, uh, fond. I was very fond of him. And uh, sure enough, when I started a painting business in my 20s, 
Um, I had just done poorly in school, so I said, let me go, let me get a freaking job for myself here because uh, I think my dad is up to here paying tuition. And uh, he gave me my first painting jobs with all the properties he owned. He owned a lot of property around the area of uh, the Orange Bowl and Little Havana, uh, Flagler area. And they were all duplexes and, tri- you know, and triplexes where he could collect rent. And I got to paint them, you know. And then the, the, the crescendo... The climax of my painting career was uh, painting the ceilings of the donut gallery in the middle of the night with a spray gun and tape and everything. So I believe the paint that's there right now is still my paint. Uh, so I'm happy to see that that's the last bait job he, he got. And I painted in the middle of the night and all the people at Stefano's knocking on the on the window because it's not open today at 3 in the morning as it usually was. You know, it's painting time. And I'd be in there painting and painting and painting, and people knocking on the door. Most of them were people that I was that I knew very well. You know, I know how they walk straight, and I know how they walk slanted coming out of the donor gallery, uh, coming out of the Stefanos. But people, people, the part of the donor gallery that many people probably relish and understood, and but I'm, I'll be the one to say it. Saved a lot of lives because you would have breakfast going back to Miami. That would help you get home. <laughs> you know. Having a having a breakfast meal at three or four in the morning when you're not in not in the shape to drive, uh, food will eliminate uh, your buzz, and you'll be able to drive home. So I can imagine how many people from Miami literally had to have the donut gallery after a night of Stefano's. Um, that was the part of the story that that you know stays close to you when you see that things are going to come to an end, you know, and you start reminiscing. And I can only reminisce from 75 on. I mean, there's people who have, you know, the reminiscing of 72 and on. But people don't realize, or maybe they do, even though they love the Dona Gallery, it's not a 60s thing, you know what I mean? So it's really my thing, you know, 70s thing. Um, I believe it was much more of a Dona Gallery when he bought it because it was just, I was told by the park employees, that it was a donut gallery because it was donuts from one corner to the other, like a, like a, like a Dunkin' Donuts. No, sorry, not a Dunkin' Donuts. Well, kind of like a Dunkin' Donuts, more like the, the actual donut company. What's the other? Krispy Kreme. Where it was literally donut, donuts all the way down, and then it slowly sh- he shortened it, uh, shortened that rack of donuts from its origin down to being the breakfast store that uh, diner that it is today. And so you. You'd go with Benji when you were younger? Would you guys go together? Uh, you know, I don't really have memories of going with Benji because I think his father put him in there pretty quickly. I don't think uh, Benji, since he went to the Army, he didn't go to college. He, When he came back from the Army, man, he was working full time. So I can't really say. I can't, uh, I'm sure there's an ex- I'm, I wish there was a photo of us together young. I don't really know for sure, but. It was always Benji working. Benji really gave up most of his private life for, you know, the the scuba diving stop. The, the diving could only be on the weekends. Uh, he worked, man. Benji worked, and uh, and then Nelson soon after when he became more or less the same age. But one thing that I do remember of old man Ben is. Benji, pick up! Benji would take too long to get to the toaster and pick up, and the plates were accumulating. So Mr. Zambrano, when he had it up to here, because, you know, he's 
it's usually because Ben G was talking to someone, you know, start interacting with people. Probably me, you know. I'm the one that is always accused of never shutting up. And I would hear that. And I, to this very day, and he, they both get a kick out of it when I say, hey, Ben G, pick up. And I'm, I should say it a little higher, but Panji, pick up, because his voice is more like that. And that's what I'm going to always remember of him. Uh, and uh, I remember when he fell into Alzheimer's, Mr. Zambrano, and uh, they brought him home. Uh, Nelson brought him home for a moment there. He had been staying in a, in a place where they could care for him full time. And I'll never forget, man, him in deep Alzheimer's, which I really uh, recognized, especially after I took care of my mom. But I the glassy eyes, and you, you could tell that the, the, the disease has taken over, and he goes, Manny. Like that through the window of the car, and I just broke my heart. That was the last time I saw him, and so uh, I was very fond that he recognized me, even though he was deep in Alzheimer's. And then you know Benji uh, 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 moves out of town and uh, he gets married again, uh, second marriage, and he moved to Tennessee. And after that, it's just occasionally I'm coming back in town. He's driving tractor trailer, and I'm, I got to drop off a load. And if we're out of there, I'll be there later. And then. He'll he'll text me, let me know that he's in town, and uh, our lives are incredibly. Uh, it's incredibly how we go down different paths, and everything's different now. You know. Does, does he know that the donut galleries? Yeah, yeah, he's got to. He's got to know. He's got to know what the the scenario is. I I don't know exactly how. You know how people are feeling from the standpoint. I know that I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer a lot uh, about it because it's really like cutting out. I don't know. I don't want to be corny, but I guess I have to be. But it, it cuts out a little bit of your soul because the donut gallery is a donut gallery. I've already had to overcome another uh, corner, another quarter of my heart for the Oasis when it stopped. And oh my God, it was like one-two punch in the donut gallery first, and then off off to the Oasis, the Oasis for the coffee <laughs> and. Uh, uh, it could be 11 o'clock before, by the time I finish those two actions, and that's a lot, three, four, five times a week. I mean, come on. Weekends packed. Weekends sitting at the window because it's packed because people leave the church to go, and then people from off the key who grew up this way now are adults with children. They would take their children to the donut gallery. It's a real iconic reality of the donut gallery. The donut gallery is a giant part of the, of Biscayne. The only thing left now is... The Key Colony Motel, Walker. Sir Pizza. Sir Pizza, yeah. I guess you're right, Sir Pizza. Uh, 5701, 361-5701. It's in my head. And, yeah, Sir Pizza. But in terms of, uh, how would I say, ambiance, I think I, uh, the ambiances can only be matched by a feeling you have when you're at the Key Colony Motel. Because not, not a single person has to talk to you. You just know they're coming on 4th of July to rent those rooms for three days before and two days after. And you sit in the rooms, you go into the rooms, you you play around, you know, walking around. No one has to say a word to you. You know exactly how you feel, you know. It's well, just... You're talking about the ambiance at Key Colony Motel. What can you say about, like, the atmosphere at Donut Gallery? How would yeah. you describe it? If you want to find somebody and you're looking for someone and you need to find them with, like, in the day... If you don't go to the donut gallery, you're not going to find that person. Because if he's not there, or she's not there, they'll tell you that she was just in here. You know, they told me something about, uh, you know, going to the beach. And you go to the beach, you find them there. Or they'll say what they're about to do today. Or they say when they're going to be home. Someone will say something. 
or there'll be an interaction. Then, you know, you have the other realities, too, which is famous people who would come to Senesta or Peepskin Hotel, they go to the Donegrave. They heard about it. They, they, it's part of, <laughs> it seems like they were on some kind of, you know, AAA credit rating or something because everybody knew about the Donut Gallery. I remember one story that I tell all the time was, if anybody's a football fan, uh, they know that I grew up a Dolphin season ticket holder since 1970. My father had had these tickets. But one year in a strike season that had a labor strike, we make it to the Super Bowl on a shortened season. And there's this guy, this big giant, named John Riggins, running back for the Washington Redskins. And they call him the Diesel, because ah, he had a Mack truck front line that would push for him. And he was just as big as they were, so it was like impossible to stop him. And then he beats us in the Super Bowl just on pure guts, because he's a monster man. And um, we had one, too, in our history called Larry Zonka, so we really appreciated the monster runner, the guy who could just knock you over. Well, can you believe it? I go to the Donut Gallery, and there he is sitting in the front or, or front seat. And I said, the hell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin this guy's breakfast, and even though his fist was the size of my head. And I walk in there, and I go, and he goes, easy, boy, easy. I just walk right by. He got so chicken. I walk to where I always sit, in the very back. And John Regan was there for... Hotel and and uh, flat fishing or hunting, you know, he was dressed uh, like if he was going, uh, you know, fishing. So I assumed he was because you know he had his fishing gear on and stuff. Either he had just fished or he was going fishing because it was early in the morning. But I went ahead and said, I ain't gonna leave this one. Ah! You always sit in the very back. I always sit in the very back, unless I can't, you know, unless it's packed there. Um, sometimes I will sit in the front, but it's only because I'm engaging with someone, someone sitting there who's either avoiding me <laughs> or I finally got the person, I, I finally got them where I want them, you know. Uh, I've always been very, uh, you know, proactive in my my agenda. In other words, if I had something on my mind, I'm going to make sure the person that I have it on my mind for or should listen to it uh, will hear it. I don't like phone tag. I don't like you dodging my uh, calls. I don't dodge anybody's calls. Um, now with text, it's even less so. So I'm going to catch you at the Donut Gallery. <laughs> uh, there was a once, uh, yeah, there was one case that's really dramatic for me. It's a national issue I was dealing with. Um, most people know I'm um, politically, politically involved at the highest levels I can get. And um, I learned this from my father. People know my father as a charter writing member, you know, Charter Writing Committee member of the founding of our city, it all started with politics way before that, you know. So here I am itching for uh, a battle I was doing, and it was related to school. And I had been writing a lot about uh, everything from the dilapidated conditions of the K-8 Center to pressing to get a high school built out here. And I was writing about it, so I couldn't back off these things I wrote about. And she's alone. Thank God for the Donut Gallery! I walk in there and on a Sunday, New Gingrich. And I said, no way. And I'm in my golf cart at this time. It's modern time here. And I know all my articles are in the backseat of my golf cart. So I'm going to lay into this one. And uh, New Gingrich, is, uh, for those who don't know, he was uh, the Speaker of the House of the, of the Congress in 1994 on. And uh, I thought he would jump on this idea. Now, I didn't have meet him once before 
at another Republican hoodoo event, but I didn't expect him to remember who the hell I was. So this time, he's one of the only two people that I know who have read what I wrote right in front of me, speed reading style. But at least the courtesy of not folding it up and putting it in their pocket, I'll read it when I get a chance and call back. And you know what that means. That means crickets. But that's the donut gallery. So I've had a, a lot of experiences there. You know, I've also a lot of regulars. I wish I could remember the name of the park employee that was always in the first seat, always with that one coffee. And that's it. I think he had a coffee. And I think maybe a, I don't, I don't, like a, some kind of pastry, probably a donut, you know. But. Uh, I remember he was a handsome guy, you know, burnt by the, by the sun. And he used to always have these prophetic things to say to me. And because uh, we would always come in there with just him in one corner and me in the other. <laughs> and I remember him passing away and no drama, just no longer seeing him at the Donut Gallery. No, he passed away. And a lot of people who, who I know only from the Donut Gallery are no longer with us, including Ted. And I got to, I got to know Ted. And he was very good friends with uh, Mrs. Zambrano. And he was uh, somewhat of a corporate guy. He was always in a tweed jacket, you know. And there's others that have just passed us, you know. So I don't think I can chronicle my life as a person without instilling some type of idea, picture, black and white or otherwise, from the Donut Gallery. Same with Edwin Pope, the, the great uh, sports writer. I would love to go and see him. He would always be there with his wife for a brief moment. And, you know, he always had the dark rimmed glasses and the dark shade, so you really couldn't see his eyes at all. A smart man, because he was a writer. But, boy, when he would criticize the Dolphins, even in the slightest, because he was a, quite a fan. He's he one of us, you know, but he always give us – there's plenty to slight the Dolphins about, because they would choke all the time. They'd choke I would love to see him there. And I go, Red, you're out. This is what I – this is how I disagree with you. He goes, oh, Manny. You're such a fella. <laughs> and, and only one time did he say something in one of his articles about a guy, the guy he saw this morning. And he's got a point there. You know, the Dolphins uh, failed at this. I wish I knew, remember the details, and I wish I remember the, the, the newspaper clippings, you know, of the actual moment. I was too young to mm-hmm. get quoted in an article, you know, or my opinion on football, whatever. But those are fun moments, you know, uh, I'm so happy when Nelson took it upon himself to do the collage on the wall so I can actually chronicle weighing 150 pounds all the way to 320 pounds so I can see my weight gain as time goes by. And uh, it's kind of hard to find me when I'm talking with people since I want to show people all five pictures. Look, look how handsome I was. And then I look at the, it should be the natural. There's five pictures of you? Yeah, different weight. I've seen three. Yeah. There's uh, one of you with Benji and, and um, Ben, and then there's another one of you. I think you're wearing a suit. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, I did have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's a picture of me hungover because I'm, I'm wearing sunglasses inside. So you know that the light's bothering me. It's not a Stefano's moment because I, I didn't go to Stefano. I wasn't a, I wasn't a regular at Stefano's. Uh, all my friends were, but I wasn't. There's and, one of you, I think, at the 25th anniversary. You got me that one. That one you got me. I don't know. I have no. I have no idea. Uh, That blows me. Is it new or does it look new or something? Yeah, I am taking a picture. Oh well. Now there's also one that I come out on the. I don't think I'm on the wall. I think I come out in the TV. Remember when he had the slides on the television? Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's one that comes out there, but not on the wall. I don't know if he's. It's probably too late to put him on the wall. Oh my lordy lordy, 185. Holy moly. That's got to be 25th anniversary, so we got to add that number. So it must have been that particular year in the proclamation the city gave him. Oh, like 1997. Oh, you're too cool. Damn. That's very cool. Yeah, so. You remember the anniversaries? No, you know, I probably don't. Because since I have an eating disorder, and I'm probably thinking only that special when I go in there. <laughs> I'm not much for, uh, you know, it's funny because I'm a person that you could easily see me gregarious and always joking. And I'm a little bit too cynical now in my in my older age. Uh, but I'm not really one for hoopla unless it's created right in front of me. But I'm not one to engage into in the preparations of something or I just go and oh, and all of a sudden the, there's a party. Oh my God! I run into something, you know. Uh, it's it's really odd. I usually I won't really go, but it'll just happen. And yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, and you're a part of it. Yeah, and I'm a part of it. Many you usually go before you go alone. Did you ever go with your dad? Or your yeah, mom and dad. My, my 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 mom and dad. My mom wouldn't really eat too much it would probably just be the toast that my father would not have because my father ate zero american toast <laughs> zero but my father loved his two eggs you know his two eggs and, and bacon and uh that's one of those pictures that my father's not on the wall he's on the slide projector so i was that was cool that he did that as well when uh, nelson dedicated to putting the slides on this, those tvs in modern era but it's it's nice to sit there now that my parents have passed away to see that slide come by, and my mom was it was pre Alzheimer's because she's making eye contact with the telephone. I mean, with yeah, the telephone <laughs> and the telephone being the cell phone. And there's other pictures uh, <coughs> of family members that are go through there. <coughs> so it's you know it's like your heart's been uh, ripped out of you. You know what I mean? It's just I knew that uh, COVID was going to affect them a lot because. The island was changing at the same time. That real step to a different place. So, you know, I've seen all these places. Uh, everybody who grew up here sees all the different changes Kibis Kane goes through with our natural progressions of life. You get older, plus people change. But Kibis Kane, it, like I said in a video I did, it's a personality as well as a community. And that. I fear for now because in order to have the personality that, that I appreciate, you have to have this experience that I've had. So I don't think the new Cuba Scanner will ever have that, nor will they fight for it as much as I and my, my peers have. So yeah, I think I'm the last man standing, really. I do feel that way about the key because I actually do stuff. I actually try. Like, uh, for instance, just recently... Uh, it affects me, and the, and it's like a perspective from from the donor gallery. Is the entry the entry block? I've always wanted to um, not preserve it in any way or form, but to use it as a road to leave the island. So, seeing a, a building being permitted there just recently is by a council who doesn't really get what they're doing. They should have bought it a long time ago, and the oasis too. Um, they should have bought it. Well, you know, once the oasis goes down, what the hell, you know, what are you going to put there? And McDonald's all of a sudden? No, you know. It's, so it was, it was to be knocked down and completely change, erase it, erase the history, because people don't know that there was a history behind the Stefano's property. 
I've already explained a lot of it. But there was also the beach house before Stefano's, when it was the beach house. Tater tots. And uh, 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 it wasn't conch fritters. It was another type of fritter that for, for a Cuban kid that was alien to me. But I would order it. I loved it. I forgot the name of it. It had a, uh, had a buzzword to it. And I was standing there when they knocked it down, and I could see the, the three different walls, you know, of that being knocked down. And I did a video. I documented it. And you can see back when it was uh, Limestone Rock and Lighthouse. But... It, the village just doesn't get it. You know, people don't get it. And uh, unfortunately, when bad ideas become law, you realize there was a good idea that got no support. And it's always the case in history. And if you're interested to do things, there's always a person behind the great things that you're benefiting from. And uh, I believe what I really tried to do most of the time was great things for the village. Whether they're perceived that way or not, who gives a hoot? You know, I don't. I don't you don't think anybody in the community fought for the Zambranos to not lose the lease at Harbor Plaza? I believe that everybody uh, complained but didn't fight. Didn't fight, no. I think that's a business decision that's just the law of the land. And I don't think uh, anybody had any leverage, you know. You got to have, in business, you got to have a leverage to keep it open. And it's just not there. Business is business, you know what I mean? Since I'm a business owner as well out here. My God, uh, one of the reasons for uh, encouraging my dad to build here was to own here. If we don't own this, you can't have a hardware store, plain and simple. Because if I don't have tenants paying the rent, I can't charge you $100 for a hammer. People already criticized the $25 for the hammer. You're so expensive! I go, well, you know what? I'm not Home Depot. You can always go to there. I'm here. Be happy I'm here, and that's it. And all the things we did to be here. So... You the think same Donut Gallery in that sense doesn't have that leverage? No, it's still eggs and bacon, you know? There's nothing you there's nowhere you can go, you know? Um, the rent has to go up, the menu has to go up, you're stuck because your breakfast, you know, how far can you go up, you know? Uh, I'm unfortunately it's just the harsh reality of things. It's uh, just as the real estate went up here in Kibiskan, how many people left over the years from the 70s till now? Every decade it got more expensive, therefore people would leave. I'm just one of the fortunate ones with about, I would say, 25 or 30 of us that I grew up with, of different ages, of course, not just my age, younger and older, who have been able to raise a family out here. We're very privileged in that regard. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something like that, so small, so quaint, so fantastic, it could be on the highest list on, on New Times, and I believe New Times rated as the best breakfast shop in all of South Florida for not once, two, three, I think like 10 times, five times, maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know how many times I saw it at number one breakfast place in South Florida, New Times, the Donut Gallery. But what do you think makes it the number one, made it the number one breakfast place? What makes it so special? Well, the fact that it's a greasy spoon that many people have coined, but there's, there's a thousand different ways to make eggs. They definitely own one way to make an egg, only one way. And the way they made their food was consistent. You never knew it was going to taste differently. No way, man. Um, you know, reminds me of eating McDonald's in Hong Kong. It tasted just like the McDonald's in the United States. There's something, that, there's something magic about being able to be consistent that's a tribute to, you know, old man Zambrano. He started something, and Nelson's been able to keep it up. And my God, that Ted special tastes the same. Even when he changed the diced potato, 
because it diced potato stopped being sold as a little cube. Now it's the patty, right? But didn't matter. I overcome that really quickly because <laughs> the rest of the Ted was flawless. And I could always add to the Ted. I could never subtract from the Ted. In other words, I just kept on adding stuff. I was like, I got fatter and fatter. I started adding ham. I mean, I already had the ham, but I put in more bacon and then I put in sausages. And then I'm so piggly wiggly that sometimes I have to admit <laughs> that they would serve me tuna fish, but I would slide it into <laughs> I would slide it into the egg yolk. And I said, like, who in the hell eats egg with tuna? I, you know, I just would do it. It was just part of my... I remember when I was in the painting business, I remember uh, always signing there. I believe the only signers left are me and Mr. Earl. And we're still signing there, you know. just I would come with no money, and I was signing, you know. I was just signing. It was like Club Med to me. So I imagine that life, you know, to actually exist out here without having to ever come up with any kind of money until some day when it gets out of control and you have to pay... Uh, you know, no interest, just go. Sometimes, sometimes without the tip, you know, just go in and out, go. I mean, it's part of my routine, like breathing, you know, it's like having a glass of water. And of course, you know, walk over and have my espresso that I didn't expect them to have. It was always American coffee, what they had. I know that has changed over the years. I like to think that I influenced that, but I never really demanded it. It wasn't, it wasn't important to me, but it's just the same place, man. It's just, uh, the people and the food, the, the consistency of the taste is what no one will ever forget about the Donut Gallery. And very few people can honestly say that they feel like it's part of their lives. And so I'm happy to report that I'm on a short list of the Donut Gallery being part of my soul. You know what I mean? One, one thing is liking a place to go to, but another thing is uh, knowing that it's a part of you. And that's how it was for me. You know, it was just... Can't say enough about the Donna Gallery. It's, uh, you know, it's. I'm sorry it has to go. Me too. Yeah. Do you think it's pretty much stayed the same since you went in 1975? Yeah. In, ter- in terms of the feeling I get in there, absolutely. I, as late, as I got become a as I become a Shrek in my older age, I kind of want nobody in there. I'd rather just be there by myself. Quite frankly, the whole hoopla thing is gone because who's coming in there now? Probably having an egg for the first time there, you know, that croissant crowd, people from other countries that don't have these kind of breakfasts, you know. Good old American breakfast is enormous. It's just not the thing in Miami. And Miami is one of those places that's, you know, it's an anomaly of the United States. It's not really American. Uh, unfortunately, sorry, sorry, my fellow Americans. It's just Miami isn't, you know. Miami is what we wanted it to be. We made it as long as we could. And now we burned the trail a pretty wide one for a lot of countries to enjoy Akiba Scan. And I believe that that's really the, the path to happiness is not so much the path, the burning the path, it's widening the path so that more people can follow it. And, you know, happiness follows after that. It's not, it's really just widening this path. And unfortunately, the harsh reality is the really good stuff uh, is re- really hard. And keeping a business as long as they did wasn't easy and you just had to do it and they did it and the Zabranos can feel proud that they they laid their hand on the origins of of Kibis Kane man it's just that simple from 72 I think it is what's on the window again 1972 yeah so it is what it is man it's just one of those situations where what can I say you know it's uh, 
You know, you can see it in the pictures. You can see it in the, you don't see anybody with a straight face in there. Everybody's happy as all hell. Every picture in there is people with glee, you know. Uh, even the even the wives of the two sons, they got to sit there and go look at all those ex-girlfriends <laughs> from all the years. So, Tui for you guys, you yeah, know. There's a lot of ex-girlfriends. Oh, absolutely, they're there, including mine, you know, including many others. You're like, oh. And, you know, you can't go like that in front of your wife, you know. Right? She's sitting down there having breakfast. You can't go like that and point your finger at the picture of you and her because they ain't going anywhere. It's behind plexiglass. So it's not like you can cut it out and she can say, take that out of there. No, they all eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that's stuck. Uh, I'd like to know where that's going to go. I hope they take the time to, I mean, I would pay the expense to have it preserved, that whole collage, exactly how it is. And it's stick it somewhere that won't be knocked down, won't be eliminated. I'm be more than happy to offer this property to it. Um, you know, maybe the village hall, the second story up there. You know, where all those other pictures are. But there should be like you know the path to the bathroom at the community center on the second floor there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, those pictures got to be moved so that this baby can sit there. You know, it's probably more important. Or find another great big wall and. Bolted into the wall so that baby can't go anywhere. I hope people understand that that's probably more important. There's probably not a better catalog of our stories out here than those pictures, and um, I'm happy to be a part of it. No, it's it's uh, like kind of like a historical document in a way. Of it is game. not even in a way. It is. It it's a pic- it's a it's a pictorial of of Kibis game. You know, Andy Garcia, for instance, when nobody knew who he was, you know, hanging out here dating a. Keep a scanner and see, like, oh, wow, look at that guy. This close still, till this day, this close to an Oscar. But hey, it's part of our upbringing out here. I remember him, you know, playing basketball with him. And I remember him being much older than me. And he's a very good basketball player, a little bit of a prima donna. But aside from that, shooting from the outside, refused to come inside. Andy, that was for you, you know. I owed you. I owe you. You know, you were my hero, but you know, I still wanted to beat you. But, uh, yeah, those kind of things, uh, you know, we embraced him, and that became a, you know, starlight thing, but he was just handy to us, but yeah. Donna Gallery, you know, and I, you know. I yeah, also, that's where all different types of people meet, at the Donna Gallery. Yeah, and, and we're all, we're all do- Donna Gallery goers, we're not our persons when we're there, we're that guy. I guess I'm that guy sitting in the back, you know. Some other people that that's that Cuban fellow there doesn't shut up. I I'm just not who I am. I'm a patron, one of the many patrons, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of like people lose their name in there. They become like the guy who orders this, or the guy who always gets that, the guy who always sits there. Yeah, I love. A lot it. of them can't remember. At least Fios Glory, she says she never really remembers names, but she remembers exactly how they. She remembers them. names. She says, "I love you" before you leave. I love you. I love you. Bye bye. I love you. Bye bye. And I used to always tell Lori. I remember when Tony, you know, that was at one time, you know, back in the day, you know, Lori was, you know, somewhat of a looker there, you know. I go, Lori, I'm really jealous. You told him you love him. You told me the same. What's up with that? And she goes, Oh, darling, I love you more, like that. And there's other, uh, there was other page, uh, waitresses that were a long time like Lori. And, you know, eventually disappear on us. And uh, you got to interview someone who remembers all their names. 
And uh, I remember all, you know, the wise cracking with them. They can tell what mood you're in. They can tell you where you've come from. You know, they can tell that you need to just eat your food and leave, you know. Uh, and everybody's moods were there, you know. Of course, your perceptions are much different when you're in your 20s as opposed to now. Now I'm much more nostalgic. But back in my day of, uh, you know, Chevere days, you know, where I, I thought I was super cool, uh, I wish I would have more memories of those moments in time snapshotted from last night, you know, those last night moments about last night. It usually would end up in the donut gallery, you know, before you went to bed. In my case, I didn't have to go to Miami. I was coming in from Miami, and the donut gallery was just a not wake up, completely shot in the morning. So I would have my TED after everything I had done in South Beach when it was the early days. So the donut gallery for me was opposite from those who would come to Stefano's. It was me who was coming in from town, and I made it. So I stopped at the DG before going to bed. It's that simple. And that's only Donut Gallery could do that, you know. I'm sure there's some diner somewhere that's at a destination of some place. Some place. It's got to be like the Keys or something. Uh, and we got Donut Gallery. We, we just, the DG, man, It's it was the DG, man. And uh, Lori, Lori was a looker? Yeah, man, Lori was, Lori, buena, man. Lori, estaba linda. And uh, we used to, I used to kid with her. I used to say, you know, old man Ben's got to do a bikini diner here. And let Lori be the, you know, the lead waitress here with her bikini on. How can you say that? I don't, I don't know. I just said it. You know? And, uh, you know, there, 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 were, there, were, there were pretty bunches of groups. Uh, some of them, they were teams of two. I guess that they would share tips or something, but they would work with each other. One would bring the coffee, the other one would bring the TED. The, the, the service was rápido. And if Benny had to come out and serve, you're in trouble because that means you took too long to get to the toaster to get the, the hot food. So he would never let it go cold, you know. And the service was just like outstanding. It was just constant, you know, machine machine it was a machine and you know there's some people that really depended on it like the park employees of the zoo and the the people who end up maintaining Crandon Park they had to be in there for 10-15 minutes only and they would march right back into you know into the park same with uh, the police officers you know they'd go in and go out in the middle of a shift or something so he knew how to deal with everybody he knew that everybody had a certain amount of times and but my my big moment uh, in terms of knowing how I wanted to, they ate the same thing. I, I'm not kidding when I say forty something years eating Ted Special every freaking time. And I keep on saying forty something, but it might even already be fifty. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's a little less than it's. I think it's forty seven. It's forty seven. Because you said seventy five. So yeah. Yeah. Correct. So I was seeing only one time I saw Cambo on my receipt before I signed. In other words, it was on the magnet. Like, oh, that's me there. And it's because I didn't, hadn't ordered. They just saw me come through the door. So that was, I grabbed the phone, a cell phone moment, and I go, oh, there we go. Damn, they, I didn't even have to say a word. You know, it's a major luxury. And there I was. There was my ticket with my accent on my O, like the one you see right behind me here on Blink Radio. And yeah, I'm going to miss all that stuff. I don't know what's going to really become of me. <laughs> Um, if you see me really skinny, it'll be that'll be the re-expression, <laughs> you know. If I become a flacondengo, you guys might be happy and all, but that means I'm gonna live forever, so I'm gonna be talking forever. So, <laughs> you know, that could be the that could be the harsh reality of for all of you that the donut gallery is closed. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now, so <clears throat> do, where do you think you're going to go? Are you going to keep going? I think I'm going to stop eating breakfast. No, what for? I go straight to French fries. <laughs> straight to cheeseburgers, you know? it's. Uh, I'm not going to have breakfast. I'm not going to go into a breakfast joint, you know? I mean, what the hell am I going to do? I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to, you know... The, I don't normally have breakfast. It's only because I would go to the donut gallery. If I had breakfast... Then, if I had a breakfast at Donut Gallery, no lunch. I just wouldn't eat lunch. That was my that was my meal. And unfortunately, I would gorge at night for dinner because that's that Cuban thing where you eat the worst possible food you can, like ten at night. Not good. Uh, but I don't really want to have a breakfast anywhere else. I mean, I've had breakfast like those continental breakfasts at hotels. Eh, yeah. No. Oh, great, great deal. At least it was, you know, fresh. But it wasn't a donut gallery. So right now you really just go because it's donut gallery, not because you want breakfast. No, no, yeah, I go because it's donut gallery. I just go. Yeah, I just go. And there's always a treat. You know, meeting you was a treat. Meeting the gentleman I had as a co-host here recently. Yeah, can you tell me that story? Yeah, because I just met you both at the same time. And he you know, he interacted in a conversation I had with someone else. There's some people that don't want to hear what I have to say. Like right now, the, the Trump indictment, you think my lefty friends at the Donut Gallery want to see me coming through that door? I, I could ruin their day, you know? So, but believe me, I'm going to sit next to them. I'm going to rip them a new one because, you know, for me, it's really upsetting. So <laughs> I remember having one of those conversations and Alejandro pulls up, that's not true! Something about a date and time of something I had said. I go, how so? And I slide over to him. I leave my food f- getting cold over there because it really doesn't matter if it's hot or cold. I'm going to eat the donut gallery no matter what. And you know, it doesn't matter. It can be uh, two days old and I'm going to eat it. So it doesn't really matter. And I believe me, I've had cold uh, Ted specials that are just as delicious the next day as they are the, when you got them off the... You know, well, last the- time it happened, they had served you your Ted special. You were talking... And so they, Lori went in, got your Ted special again, reheated it up for you, and served it to you again. Come on, man! <laughs> it's just amazing. So that person, I put him on the air, and we had 32 shows together. That would not have happened if it had not been from the Donut Gallery. And he was someone of your age, meaning he didn't know what I knew about the, the, the Donut Gallery. But it didn't matter. It was just a place to meet someone like that. Only I have the treat that I'm the Cuba Scanner with a radio show. And I put you on the air if you have the guts to do it. And his his gut he hung in there long enough, you know, thirty two shows, thirty three shows, but it was too much for him after a while because it was bombarding him with facts and figures, and that's not true, and you're full of it. Da, da, da. And yeah, and I even got a drop button here in the studio, by the way, because if I drop a bad word, I can always press that yellow button, and the audience won't hear it. That's what the yellow button's for. Yes, it's for about it's to beat for. It's a called beat. they're called profanity buttons. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and then it would blink if I hit it, and it would blink over there, telling me that it's on. And then for the next eight seconds, you won't notice. You just hear, like, not even a pause. You just hear a blink, literally. It's like you could tell if something happened, but you don't know what it is. You might think it's power or electrical, and it's actually the deleting of the, the F-bomb. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or all those others, 260-something of them that I can't say here. And, I, you know, I'm guilty of... Letting some of those go through, because you know if you have a really adjective expression on something, you can imagine like bad words that turn into adjectives that are then become subject and then end up in predicate. The button can't possibly catch all the bad words, so you know some of them will make it. 
out there. And you just live with it, you know. So that's not a problem when I'm talking about the donut gallery. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think we'll be saying any bad words about yeah. the gallery. No well, profanity. I could say, like, awesome. You know, I'm going to drop the F-bomb on awesome because that's how I've always felt every time I had my TED. And uh, sometimes I would look at the TED, you know. Was, <laughs> it, was it weird for you that since you're really good friends with Benji when he wasn't there anymore? No, because Nelson picked up the slack. Yeah. Uh, Nelson, uh, when I was PTA president of the K-8 Center... And they elected me uh, because everybody else dropped out. Once I said, I'm the graduating class of 1977, I was being blocked to speak to people. Here I am, PTA president. I can't speak in the cafeteria. I can't speak in the school grounds. uh, Nobody would let me speak. Even my Catholic church wouldn't let me use the the auditorium. And that's when I realized, ooh, I'm I'm up against the thing. Where did I go? Manny, uh... I open it up. You talk all night. And sure enough, I met all the parents in there in sardines. Pack, pack, pack. People screaming at me and yelling at me. And me and my, and my co-patriot uh, who fired these trigger letter, this the first trigger letter in Florida history, people were just screaming at us. But who was open for me? The donut gallery. And every seat was occupied. And people screaming that from the door. And everybody misunderstanding everything I was doing. And they were trying to get me into a confrontation so that could come out in the island. There were many fights with. No, I wasn't going to because I realized, you know, this is the donor gallery. And uh, it's not a place for that. And you're all going to regret taking an attitude that way because in the end I was fighting for their children. And he understood that right away. And I know that old man Ben, had he been around, he would have agreed to the same thing. He would have said. There it is. And uh, that's exactly what happened. We were there all night. The screaming and yelling got even louder. You know, imagine, I don't know, 50 people, some people leaving and, and bringing other people. Because that's another thing. People would leave and bring someone else. Like, this is getting crazy. When they, and I would see more people and more people and more people. And that's unique to my experience with the Donut Gallery. It is what it is, man. It's just, uh, it's my place, you know. Um, maybe I'll change my name. I'll become like... Divine, David El Gordo. That way I can be DG. You know, ah, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, da- I guess it's like n- now in Key Biscayne, Donut Gallery just feels so different from every other place we have here now. Just like in, in the sense of atmosphere and like what they serve. Um, well, even even you're affected by it. Your childhood is is tied to it as well, and you realize, oh my God. Either I marry some guy here so I can stay here, or I'm going to marry someone from Colombia and get the hell out of here and so forget about the Donut Gallery because it's not there anymore. Well, yeah, it's not going to be here anymore. It's not going to be there. Well, I guess Lori's staying, and she's a, a big part of what makes the Donut Gallery the Donut Gallery, but it's just, I don't know, it's not going to be the same. Now, when you say Lori is staying, uh, what, is, what, was the, uh, what is the audience to think? She's going to work for whatever's open there again, or...? She's staying with the new with the new owner. I don't know for how long, but how it's going to be because again, she's been there for thirty seven years. Also, they might just open it up as an extension of the restaurant next door. I guess. I think no. That is kind of what they're what they're doing. I think the the Golden Hog is taking is taking over. Newsflash. I'm pretty pretty sure. That's the beauty of uh, of Blink Radio ninety four point five. Newsflash. You get the news first. Yes. 
So that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, that's a new uh, shame on me. I haven't been in the donut gallery in two days. <laughs> it would have hurt something like that. So that's new. That's a new item, and uh, I don't know what to say. What's going to become of Nelson himself? I mean, does he really? Does he stay on the key? And uh, that must be very difficult for him. He's the been time living to, there his whole life. His whole life. Yeah, I remember. I remember dearly. And um, I don't know, because he's the last Zambrano. So, you know, there's Kalea, too. But I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they can. I don't know. I don't know what to say, you know, since I'm a business owner, too, and, and under the same circumstances, you know, started with my father. I don't know. I don't know how long he can hold on like that, uh, business not being there. You know, if that if that were the same situation in, in my case, I don't think that anything that holds me to keep his cane other than my business, really. I mean, I know what it's like to sit in St. Agnes on a, I'll see it now on, on Easter Sunday, and not knowing a single person in the church. And you're like, whoa. I saw that the other night when we we're in the temporary location over there at the auditorium. Didn't know a person. There was one person that knew, that I knew of, but didn't know me. I knew them because they were friends of my parents. But if I were to go and introduce myself, oh, tu eres, you know, tu eres el hijo de. So I'm already at that stage where, you know, a lot of people in my father's generation that have passed away, the few that are um, alive, and there is a few, so, are, are ill, you know. I don't see them. I don't see them interacting with me. The only chance I would have would be at the Donegal. <coughs> so, yeah, I wonder what's going to become of of Nelson and how's he going to feel? Does he just slip slip away and just live somewhere else, you know? I don't know. I feel like it must be a combination of liberating a little bit and also at the same well, time. Well, yeah, at 3 in the morning, it's got to be liberating. Yeah, before we owned the hardware store, <coughs> we owned the produce business uh, mm-hmm. behind Jackson Memorial Hospital. So sometimes the donut galley was the coffee, the Ted, and then really brass knuckle works in a warehouse with frozen food and fresh products and hard stuff on your back, hard stuff, and then loading trucks, unloading trucks. So it was kind of DG's part of that as well. And um, so I know what 3 in the morning, getting up at 3 in the morning is. I, I had to get up at 3 in the morning. And if I crashed a car, I had to get up at 2 in the morning. You know, my father, I'm, my father used to say, I'm not, I'm not Mary Poppins. Let's go. Another, there was a, there was Mary Poppins was like a sitcom. And, but, fly with the umbrella. Right. And one of the episodes with, was her patron, her boss, who she was in love with. If you're so, you know, if you, if you're so magical, make it rain money. And she did. So my dad is probably the only episode he ever saw because it was the money episode. My father was like the ultimate capitalist. I mean, he was just. You know, he was an immigrant, and he he was very poor in Cuba, so poverty scared the dickens out of him. Mm -hmm. So he was just about making sure that his family had everything. So he used to bang on the door. Vamos, vete para Dona Cali, porque yo no soy Mary Popping. And I'm not Mary Popping. I can't make the the dollars rain from the sky. You have to get up and go work for it. And he would say, you know, he would expect me to be there after going to the Dona Cali. So I'd get up in the morning... Benny would be there, and I'd get my coffee and my Ted special, and I'd be at work by three. Um, maybe I'm exaggerating four, you know, because I don't think Benny was up at two. He was he was in there. He just wasn't open, you know what I mean? He, he'd be in there, you know, dicing potatoes or 
chopping down the onions and the celery. Because I remember he was celery and onions in the little cubes this big. And his was the only tuna fish that had the celery in it. A lot of celery. So it was a crunchy tuna fish. You hear that? You can tell how you can see that my eating disorder is well advanced. I'm, I can, you know, I can just think of my freaking tuna fish, man. It had that crunch to it. And I remember he would prepare that. Usually in the day of, you know, he would have already prepared before opening it. He would usually do it the, the, the day before. But, you know, spits clean, spit clean. I think the Donut Gallery is probably the only place in town that's never had a sanitary violation, ever, ever, ever. I don't know. I really I doubt there was even one. And it was just spit shine clean, the Donut Gallery, always. And that was him. That was Benny. And his friendships were very, you know, much larger than he understood. Oh, man, Ben. He had friends that he didn't know he had. That people just admired him and loved his demeanor. And he was always a man of very few words. Kind of like Benji. Benji was a person of, would just laugh. Benji, when it was really funny, he'd go like that. And he'd be cleaning his hands on his shirt, you know, from cooking. And then he would give you the handshake, you know. But he always was conscious about it. And he go like that. So Benji, by you know, by one in the afternoon, the shirt looked like a mess because he wouldn't wear an apron per se. Sometimes he would, but it wouldn't last. You know, take it off in the middle of the work week. You know, and and he he uh, you know he was a machine too. And what's really cool is how it's like the grill was blessed because they've had several cooks, and yet the food all tastes the same, no matter who was cooking. It was like a magic spell in that corner there. And it's a tribute to them, how they were able to get people to do exactly what they must do to maintain the quality of the food at the Donut Gallery. And to see that it's going to have just another name on it, you'll watch. The magic will disappear. The food won't taste the same. You know, it's just going to be different. It's going to be different. There's nothing we can say about that. You know, it's just the DG itself uh, will probably... uh, It'll, it'll be recognized as it wasn't just a diner. It was a personality, you know, just like the community was. So expect that to change. Yeah, and one of the things, Manny, that I can't capture with my camera is I can't um, capture the smell in there. Can you tell me what it smells like in DG's? Well, most people would probably say just good old-fashioned butter because in the end, it's butter, you know. They didn't use oil. They didn't use grease, you know. It's kind of a slight to say greasy spoon because it's just the way it's said. But the truth is, it's a fork with butter on it. And it... But yeah, you go to the donut gallery and it's their butter. It's almost as if it was their cow and they churned the butter themselves. But it's butter, man. That smell of butter. And the rest of it could be made up in your head like you're smelling donuts and they're not there. <laughs> you can you can smell that if you want. Hey, by all means, you know, if you're smelling donuts, I'm not the one to argue with you. But yeah, it's butter, that smell of butter. And uh, it's just too cool, you know. What can you do, man? And uh, the same plates, you know what I mean? You wouldn't even want another plate, a heavy ceramic plate, you know. There was uh, Jesus, I remember Jesus the dishwasher, worked at Sinesta after he left the Dona Gallery. He would go two jobs a day, put his daughter through law school, pull another child through. And his work at the Dona Gallery was just... Totally dedicated to Benny. He just was always cranking out plates and plates and plates and hot plates and dish and clean. There was never a lack of 
a lack of serving plates, and Husu was just one. And it just came to mind that there's another gentleman, and he was the cook, and he didn't really get along with people except for me. <laughs> and I go, I look at him like, you know, you know, like add some potato to that plate, please. And he was always, you know, he was always very kind. Always made sure that I, that my plate was just fantastic. You know, I never had a dull moment on my plate. <laughs> I never looked at the plate and said, "Hey, what is that?" You know, never. It just it came exactly how I expected it to come. Sometimes they would add stuff to it. Sometimes they would change the cheese on me on purpose, and then they would just ask me, "You want me to do that again?" I go, "Yeah, I love the change you get up. It doesn't have to be American cheese every time." I mean, after, imagine five. I had American cheese, I think. For a while, I think when, once Nelson took over, they began adding different cheeses. I think it was only American cheese. It was only American cheese. Yeah, I, only I, 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 I agree with that. Um, I remember the, the the provolone and Swiss cheese came after. I also once cheated on myself, and I asked for uh, ranchero. I asked for the ranch sauce, which is like diced tomatoes and stuff. And I said, "How dare I?" <laughs> I remember had it, I had it once, and then I had it again, and then I on the third time I say, "Don't ever, don't ever listen to me again. I want my ten, man." I felt like I was cheating on some on my experience by putting huevo ranchero. No reason for that, and I, I don't know why. I, I guess I guess I had to do it. You know, I had to try. Manny, were you at Donut Gallery for like during Hurricane Andrew during that period? Uh, when oh, uh, I know I know that I came back fairly quickly. Uh, because the incorporation of the village and all that had already occurred. So I remember coming back with my father, and the cops brought us in. Uh, we already had owned the hardware store, so the hardware store, it was important that the hardware store open as soon as possible. So we were in there even before we had power, just to be able to give people stuff. And, oh, can't say give, sell people stuff. <laughs> uh, so I was there, I was there, uh, right after Andrew. But... Once again, nothing happened to the donut gallery, really, you know? No, because uh, Nelson had told me, um, and I don't know if you know Oscar, the a man also a pretty frequent customer. He does air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Oscar. Yeah, he's there all the time. Yeah, he's a tenant here in this building. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, he told me, um, I think it was, I think Hurricane Andrew hit the night of the 24th, and the 23rd people were having uh, breakfast at the donut gallery, and he said it was so quiet. Like, it was full, full of people, full, yeah, full, full, yeah. but that it was so quiet. No That's a nice memory. Yeah, I, I don't think I was there that night. I don't, I don't you re- had already vacated. Um, I lived on the ocean, you know, so I had to go. You had to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, my, our house was smacked hard. I remember my neighbor's boat skipped through my house because I could see the bottom of the boat's paint on the roof of my house. And I remember that the, the boat after Andrew showed up in CNN's aerial shots in someone else's pool. Not no my way. pool, but a neighbor's pool. And it was a famous boat that you see in the CNN footage of Hurricane Andrew. There's a boat in someone's pool. And it was my neighbor to the left uh, received, and my neighbor to the right received the, uh, the, received the boat. And they had to come through my house to get there, so we would see the paint up there on the roof, meaning the water was way over the rooftops of our house. And we also had... Um, which was really a miracle. We had uh, a gazebo that my father built out there. And it was also at that house with a boat. And yet it, it was intact. We just 
put PVC pipe down between their house and our house. We rolled it over PVC right back to where it belonged. And then it was uh, two storms later that my father lost his backyard. And then when he had to rebuild the backyard, the the freaking FEMA rules, keep us scanning rules, we were no longer could have a gazebo out there. We had a gazebo literally five five feet from the ocean. So our gazebo was really cool because it could be right there. You're on the ocean, you know. And, uh, that, you know, our house changed dramatically. A whole pool gone after a couple storms. Well, I guess that's... But I went and got my TED, okay? <laughs> I guess that is one of the special things about Donut Gallery, too, is where the servers know the people in your family, too. Oh, yeah. they would. You just said, uh, I got to take I gotta take TEDs home, and it was always five. Yeah. But five TEDs go home, yeah. No, but that they... Yeah, on top of that, but <laughs> also that they could be like, hey, Manny, how's your dad, or how's your mom? Like, they know, as they ser- they're serving you your breakfast, Lori will be like, how's your dad doing, or how's your mom doing? They know about the... Or how's your daughter, and they know about the people Absolutely. in your life. Where's your daughter? She used to come here with her friends. Like, oh, you know, she went to college, man. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, that's the only, uh, it's, it's fortunate because in the end, you know, you can do it. You can afford it. But the only, the only minus from having a charge account, which I enjoyed for the longest time, the longest to this very day, is that, my God, my kids felt very privileged, man. Sometimes Lori would say, uh, your daughter or your son were here with five other kids, and you're signing for all that. You know, it's like, well, I just rolled my eyes like, okay. And how many? Yeah, I didn't even ask what the hell for. Does it really matter? It doesn't. But it was kind of a privilege for my kids to be that way, treat everybody to Donut Gallery. Hell, my father did it for me, you know what I mean? How many times I asked my dad for 20 bucks, I'm going to get a TED, you know? I mean, it just happened that way. In, in, my, in my case, it's, you know, I was signing there. I mean, there were times where I was bludgeoning myself because all my employees would eat there. You know, when I would do work here on the island, uh, yeah, it'd be five guys having a TED, you know, <laughs> and everybody, you know, get to work. And, but they're having TEDs at lunch, you know what I mean? They weren't, weren't breakfast. So, yeah, that's, I'm glad you, you, you got me to th- remember that. It, it was quite an honor, an ego trip, I don't know what, just fatherly feeling to know that my daughter can go in there with lots of people and my son as well. And on the house kind of thing, you know. That's cool. Except it's, you're the house. I'm the house, yeah. So it was cool. I, I think I, I should expect that considering that's what was afforded me by my parents. So. Yeah, but I, I think about it all the time when, when customers will walk in and Lori will be like, oh, how's your dad? And they would be like, oh, he passed and this. Or they'd, oh, they let her know. They're like, hey, Lori. Or hey, Nelson, you know, my dad passed away. And they're like, oh, what? And they remember what not only the dad ordered, but they ordered. It's like they know the whole family. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, amazing. It's amazing stuff. Plus, the good thing, too, baptisms, births. Walking in there with my son, I remember, man, 1990. My son was a big baby. And I I was the first of my friends to have, to have a child. And I walked in there, and I formed the biggest freaking scene. Meet Matthew! And, uh, you know, old man, old man Bench was around, and uh, everybody was ecstatic, you know. You know, th- you know, this guy gets capable of being a dad. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I made made sure they were part of my experience, you know. I mean, how can I not go in there, you know. And, you know, and Matthew, thank God, he was just like me. He was an eater. So he would sit on his little stool, of course. He put his finger on the next stool and spin it around, 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 around like that. And he would sit there and chow down and, you know, 
I try to get them to appreciate orange marmalade because I think I'm the only, it feels like I'm the only customer of the donut gallery that like the oranges because I always had five or six when I asked for them, the little the little peel tray um, smuckers uh, orange marmalade. Nobody liked that. Everybody liked grape and strawberry. I like orange. Right? I want my orange. You put orange marmalade on your head? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, I'm a freak. Yes. Orange marmalade. And sometimes I'd get fancy about it. It had to be on the ham, not on the egg, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just really bizarre, but I do it. I would do it all the time, you know? That's the ritual. Yeah, and then uh, the dessert also was the orange marmalade, cream cheese, on the on the bagel. You know? And I had to, you know, they... That's another great part of story to tell is that in the donut gallery, since they knew I was... Uh, I was uh, uh, I inherited my father's diabetes. I would ask for the the freaking donut. I mean, not the donut, the uh, the bagel and the orange marmalade, and they wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> you know, you had one yesterday, or you no, no. <laughs> and I'm looking at them like, I want it. He goes, you had one yesterday. No, no, no. and they wanted to double up because it drove my sugar up. Nothing worse for a diabetic is is bread, and the bagel's even worse because it's you know, real hardcore bread. It metabolizes, I don't think it matters really what bread it is, but boy, it is sugar. Folks, if you've got diabetes, you got to get off the bread. It metabolizes into glucose really slowly throughout the day. You're screwed. And then if you're like me, you also got to deal with the orange marmalade. <laughs> it really is amazing. It's a fat man's dream is what Donut Gallery really is to me. I just was always so happy to eat, man. I always start the day with my Ted, man. And um, some days it was, you know, in my 20s, my God, is teens and 20s, five days, six days a week, seven days, what the hell, you know. And getting there early and everything on the weekends because you know it's going to be packed. Uh, Sundays it was impossible because church came first. Uh, there was never, uh, there's never a situation where I had a Ted before going to church. Isn't that odd? It's Ted before everything else but church. <laughs> so that, a man of Christ. Yeah. You know, I, my faith was, uh, Ted was my celebration. It was kind of ignoring what was going on in the altar because my altar was the donut gallery. Well, you're definitely like permeated already into the donut gallery history, Manny. I I like to, I like to think so. Uh, it's really only important that I think so. <laughs> At this point, it really doesn't matter uh, what others thought about it. I just know that, I hope that the new donut gallery just doesn't look the same. I hope it's completely different. I would hate to see it all the same, because I don't. Th- I don't think I. I don't think I'll sit there. You know, I won't. You know, I won't eat there. Unless uh, they do something completely different and make sure that I'm not reminded of anything from the past. I don't. Even, I don't. I don't even want to see the grill there. I want it all gone. Uh, everything new, uh, pizza oven, anything. Maybe I'll go in. Maybe, but I probably won't. Knowing me, I'm not a person who really. Uh, feel burdened by not going in there. I, I kind of want it to be what it was. So I'll probably just stay, you know, uh, I'll just stay in the, where I go now when I go to Golden Hog. I'll just stay in the restaurant. I just won't go over there. I don't think I want to go there. Um, just not interested. If they completely change it and the decor is different, it's just an extension of what already exists there. Yeah, I'm not so anal and freaked out that I couldn't handle it. But if it's the same... I don't think so. Nope. I don't think so. I'll just pass. Because I made uh, 
I made the mistake of going to the Oasis after all these years. And I only rationalized because it was on the other side, you know. And I, I walk out annoyed about everything. I mean, I felt like so barato having my coffee there and the coffee sucked. Sorry, I don't mean to. You mean the second wave Oasis when they did that? Yeah, when it was uh, Weirdos. Weir- well, now it's Flower and Weirdos. Yeah, well, Flower and Weirdos. I, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not. Uh, well, but that, I mean, that is a version of something that's completely different. It looks so different. Yeah, from the I rationalized thing. because, but it was still at the floor downstairs where the original Oasis was. That's true. That's true. My God, that I spent so much time there. My freaking Lord. Between those two, you know. So I know how I felt, and I don't think I can, I can handle it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big boy now, uh, but I don't think I can handle it in the donut gallery. I think the donut gallery is too much. It's too personable to me, you know. It's just I don't think I'm gonna go in there. I really don't. Uh, just if it uh, if it's the same establishment, then so be it. But that's it, you know. It's uh, I think that's just the way the the curtain should go down, you know. Um, it's, unfortunately, uh, two generations is enough, you know. You know, I think everything comes comes to pass, you know. We we have that other story too that we grew up with, which was Vernon's drugs. Yeah, I don't think you saw that. It was well before your time. But it also had a personality, you know? When the post office was a door, and there's a guy, and you can, it was almost like a confessional. You couldn't see the guy in there. You just knew that, leave your mail there. This is in the early 70s. And because it was a pharmacy, you know, you had a headache, you were, you know, Dr. Vernon. The it was farm- a pharmacy with a diner, right? It was a pharmacy with a diner. It was in competition with a donut gallery. Yeah. I cheated on the donut gallery a couple times. <laughs> you had a family that was uh, your old classic American diner with a, uh, a big ass of counters. And uh, it was really cool because the store's behind you. It's all open airs. I mean, it's just kick ass, keep his cane, man. It's just those were the things. Uh, you know, the Mad Magazine. You know, wow. And, uh, yeah, we're losing our roots. I don't think we're losing them. I think that are so deep we forgot where we forget where the water comes from. You know, and that's just life. You know, it's uh, unfortunate for my kids. They can't tell these stories. You know, what I mean, when they have children, I I just think of how many people fly from all parts of the world, man. And they, when they land in Cuba's game, man, they go to the donut gallery. God, think about that place that just was branded, man. It just you came to the donut gallery, you know. I know those people come in, you know, and, and some of them I don't know. But by what the, what they're saying to Nelson, I can say, wow, well, they grew up here at the same time I did. And we weren't friends, but I mean, they were there for that long. You know, they were telling the stories that I'm familiar with. So it's a chronicle of life that uh, we're really blessed to have been able to live out here. And Salavi, um, my Ted's, all you Ted folks, you know. Like I said, man, if you see me out there at Toscaleto, it's not AIDS, it's no donut gallery. You know what I mean? <laughs> stay friends, my friends, and stay free here on Blinker Radio. This is a wonderful time. Thank you, Mia. Of course. Thank you, Manny. This was great. This is very cool. And that's what this station was built for, for moments like this, to chronicle the lives of the key, give key a voice on 94.5 FM. Stay free, my friends, and now it's time for... Boston smoking this this song was fantastic man <laughs> <laughs> 
If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 and Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.